today's scripture is from the book of First Corinthians, uh, chapter one, verses one to nine. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those uh, sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be His holy people. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God and our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in Him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God was confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not have any spiritual gift and you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, and so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks very much, Ernest. Um, if you don't have a Bible with you, there are uh, printed out, uh, the passage is printed out at the back. If you want to go grab it, uh, you're very welcome to do that um, while we start. Let me pray um, as we start. Lord, we thank you for your word that has called each one of us to yourself, uh, to be your people. And we pray that your word will go out today. And once again, shape us and shape our hearts, shape our minds, shape our desires, that we may live as your holy people in Shatin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love the church, but you might expect me to say that um, because I'm a pastor. And in some ways, my livelihood depends on it. It uh, depends on you loving the church as well. But I want you to know that I, you know, my livelihood didn't always depend on loving the church. In fact, as I was growing up, I mean, I, I don't know if you know this about me, I grew up as a pastor's kid, a PK who's seen basically everything about the church. If you grow up as a PK, you know, you see the parents and not just parents talking about everybody in the church and the, the stuff that's happening in the church just became part of my life. And I grew up seeing all sorts of things. I grew up seeing pe people in speaking tongue, but with the same tongue, badmouth my parents as they leave the church. I, I've seen people fighting within the church, you know, and then uh, leaving bitter. At one point, my dad's church was as few as maybe 25 people because so many people fought. It wasn't that easy to love that church, but I still love the church. And there have been troubles in Shatin Anglican Church as well. I'm sure you can tell the stories of, of failures of the church that you have experienced in your life. But none, I'm sure, is as bad as the church in Corinth. Corinth the Corinthian church was not a great church. As we will see in the coming weeks, the Corinthian church was puffed up. They were divided. They were gifted, but they were so proud. They weren't working together with each other. Some were uh, suing one another. Some were visiting prostitutes and justifying and thinking that that was totally fine. Um, some were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. <laughs> And many didn't even believe in the resurrection. That was the kind of church that the church in Corinth was. And yet, Paul loved this church. 
Paul loved the church and Paul loved this one as well. And despite our failings, many of you are still here today. Many of you love the church. Despite our failings, you do see something that is divine, something that is otherworldly, even here in a church like ours. Church is divine, but not because of us, not because of who we are and how great we are. The church is divine because God is here. God has called each one of us. God has set us apart as his people, and God has given us, showered us with his grace and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to each one of us, and God is sustaining it. God is here. That's why the church is divine, not because of us, but because of Jesus, because the church is his, not ours. We're called by Christ. We're graced by Christ, and we're sustained by Christ. And that this church in Corinth was called by Christ, it was in many ways very, very clear. I don't know about you, but I used to make five to ten year plans. Uh, you know, but I don't make them anymore because none of my plans have ever worked out. Ever. <laughs> I wanted to do a PhD a long time ago, but I didn't get into a school. I didn't actually, uh, I hadn't planned on going to London, but the, the London door opened up and I went there. I'd never planned to come to Hong Kong, but this is one of the best decisions I've made in my life. And as I look back at each of these big and little things, I see God's hand in all of it. God was calling me to live a life that's different than the one that I had planned. And Paul didn't plan on becoming an apostle either. But he became one. Take a look at verse 1. Uh, uh, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Most of you know that Paul literally went the opposite way. He wasn't planning on becoming an apostle. He was arresting people and he was persecuting people until Jesus showed up and called him, and made him his apostle to the Gentiles, and sent him out. Paul was called as an apostle. Uh, this guy, Sosthenes, well, that name is an unusual name. It was an unusual name in the ancient Greek world as well. Uh, in the New Testament, it only occurs twice, one here and the other time in Acts 18. It's a chapter worth reading um, because Acts 18 describes Paul's time in Corinth, his year and a half. And there, Sosthenes is there. And Sosthenes is not a Christian. He was a synagogue leader. He was a synagogue leader who incited violent attack against Paul and against Christians because he didn't like them. I don't know what happened, but if it's the same guy, now he's a brother in Christ. Brother Sosthenes. God had called him as well. And God had called this church in Corinth. And it was an unlikely place to set up a church, and these were unlikely people. Corinth um, was a morally corrupt city. It was a center. It was in between three port cities. As you can see, it's, a, it's kind of a, uh, let's see here, it's, it's this little place. Instead of going all around here, right, you could land that there and then go through that little narrow strip. And so lots of ships came. It was a big commercial center. And what happened was, it, 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 you know, sailors, uh, weeks out in the sea or months out in the sea, and then when they landed, well, they often did terrible things. 
And in the city of Corinth, it was also known for the temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love. And if you know anything about that, there's also temple prostitution, people who visited the temple for fertility reasons. I mean, it, it, this is not a good thing. The, the commentators tell me the word Corinthianize uh, means to be sexually promiscuous. <laughs> to be Corinthian was not a good thing. And yet, God called these people to be his sanctified church. When Paul got there, uh, he was actually discouraged. Uh, he was discouraged. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say one important thing about the, 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 the church. The, the, the word church, uh, it's highlighted there because the word church literally means uh, people who are called out from. Right? So these are people who are called out from Corinth to live a different life. As a people of God. Anyway, so when Paul got there in Corinth, he was discouraged. He was kicked out of the synagogue um, right away, and that night, he was, as he laid, was sleeping, discouraged, God appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him and said to him, Paul, uh, there are, I'm sorry, uh, I have many people in this city, Acts 18, verse 10. God had planned to call the people in Corinth, call them out from Corinth and make them his people. No longer, and, and the word sanctify here, so God wanted to sanctify these people. And that doesn't mean that they were zapped with some special grace that made them holy. What it meant was that they were set apart, made holy in that way. They were set apart. Jesus was claiming that I, I, these are my people. These are people who belong to me. That's what that means, that Jesus has sanctified these people. These people belong to me and call me Lord. And yet, but, but then that came with the mission, right? That means that they were called to be God's holy people, belonging to Jesus means that we're living a life that's different from the world. To be his holy people, to be distinct people, people who live differently in the world from others, from other Corinthians. Uh, the, uh, the problem was, um, as a friend of mine said, that there was a church in Corinth, but there was a lot of Corinth in the church they were not living a life that was very much distinct from other Corinthians. And so the rest of the letter, Paul is reminding them, you are a holy people. You are people who are called out to live a different life, a distinct life. Of course, that's our story as well. You know, through some remarkable and some normal means, God called you to be his people. God has sanctified you. God has brought you to himself through Jesus Christ. And God has given you the mission to live as his holy people here in Shatin. God has called you from Hong Kong and said, now you belong to me. Live differently, not as other Hong Kongers do, but as I would. And although Hong Kong is not uh, known for its red light district or, you know, temples or uh, things like this, but there are plenty of things that make our lives difficult to live as God's holy people. I'm sure you could identify some of them. I think one of them is work culture, the oppressive work culture that makes idols of work. 
that, that doesn't make you, give you the time to uh, fellowship with other Christians, to uh, do other things. Or the idol uh, academic pressures that make idols of the schools that we go to. That becomes part of our core identity, where I went to school. The status consciousness that's so pervasive and constant judging of others, right? Constant judging of others by where they live or what handbag they carry or once again what school they went to or uh, the, the consumer culture uh, that, that's so pervasive out there that as people come into the church, they are consumers as well. They expect to be served rather than being members of the church as contributors of the church. The increasing, increasing political uh, polarization that threaten to divide the church. These are not neutral aspects of Hong Kong. These belong to the world. These belong to the devil. And we are called out from it to live differently as God's people. Of course, I'm not saying that Hong Kong's all bad. I'm not saying that there's a lot of things to love about Hong Kong. But friends, as we live in Hong Kong, if we want to love the city of Hong Kong the right way, the God's way, we need to live differently. We need to live distinctly so that we know how to love our city, how to live in this city. In Acts 11, Luke describes those who belong to Jesus. Uh, who, uh, Luke describes how these people who belong to Jesus lived so differently that the Antiochians there had to invent a new word to describe them. It was the first church, church in Antioch, for the first time was called Christians because they lived so differently from the rest of the world. We are Christians. We are people who are called to live differently out of Hong Kong, to live distinctly as, uh, as Christians in Hong Kong, in Sha Tin. Friends, this is kind of a low-hanging fruit, but one of the things that I want to just, if you're a working person, I want to ask you is, do your friends know, do your colleagues know that you're a Christian? If you don't, that's a problem, isn't it? How distinctly are you living? How distinctly are you working that they don't know that you're a Christian? That your values and the way that you want to live is different from the rest of the world? How about um, uh, the ways that we raise our children, uh, what we value, the way that we spend our time and free energy, money? Uh, do they show that you are a Christian? that you live distinctly as God's holy people. Friends, we are a church of God in Sha Tin. We are sanctified and we are set apart to live as holy, God's holy people. And I hope you hear that call today as Paul uh, writes this letter. But thankfully, this call to live as a holy people, well, God didn't leave us alone to do it on our own. God has graced us. God has gifted us with his spiritual gifts. Um, the Holy Spirit is with us. The Corinthian church wasn't a quiet one where you had to take a pulse to see if it was alive. It was alive. <laughs> it, was, it was alive with the sign of the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Take a look at verse 4. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. I always Give thanks uh, for this grace because of his grace given you. In the grace, that word in Greek is charis, many of you know. Um, and that's related to the word in verse 7, spiritual gift, charis, ma, 
right? A spiritual gift, that's the word that's translated as, uh, as spiritual gifts. It's really grace gifts. It's charisma, uh, charisma. Uh, they're related. And when God saves us, through, saves us through His grace, you recognize Jesus as your Lord. The Holy Spirit is in you. God sends His Holy Spirit and He gives you spiritual gifts that you can use to uh, live and grow as His holy people. Of course, this isn't talking about just an individual. No individual has all the spiritual gifts that they need to continue to grow. This is given to the church, the body of Christ. This is why you're here, because you need one another. You need others' gifts to serve you, and you need to use your gifts to serve others. And Corinthian church, as we see in verse 5, is enriched in every way. Verse 7, they didn't lack any gifts. They had the gift of this knowledge and speech, especially the gift of teaching, preaching, tongue, prophecy, evangelism, word of knowledge, maybe the translation. But if you know the rest of the letter, the problem was not that they, hadn't, that they didn't have any gifts, but they weren't using the gifts in the right way. Uh, because they were fighting, puffed up in their knowledge, saying, I don't need you. You know, uh, eyes don't, you know, uh, parts of the body saying, I don't need these other people. Or I want, to, uh, I want to do this and not other things. They weren't working together as the body of Christ. They were gifted, but they weren't working together. That's why they were not growing. It reminds me uh, of... I'm sorry if you're not a basketball fan, um, but indulge me a little bit. Uh, I grew up in the 90s watching Michael Jordan. This is 95-96 Chicago Bulls team was the best team in the NBA history. <laughs> it had Michael Jordan, the greatest player, Dennis Rodman, greatest rebounder, Tony Kukoc, one of the most underrated players uh, um, there. Uh, let's see, who uh, 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 Scottie Pippen, top 50 player in the, in the NBA history. Steve Kerr, the best three-point shooter of that era. They were all there together in one team. But this team had lots of problems. You can imagine the egos. I mean, Michael Jordan has such a terrible ego. And Dennis Rodman and these other guys as well, they weren't working together as a team. So it took somebody like Phil Jackson to come and orchestrate the whole thing together so they could work together as a team. That's how they won that championship, not just because of the talents, but because of the coach that was managing them. And this is actually the case often uh, with most churches. The problem in most churches is not lack of gifts. God, when God, because it's his church, when God saves people, he gives them the gifts to use. Every Christian has gifts they can immediately use to serve God and God's kingdom. We don't need to seek addition, additional gifts. When we need them, God will give us, give us these additional gifts. And Shatin Church isn't quite like 95-96 Bulls team, but we are a talented church. We're a church of 300 people this packed with talents. I, there's, I thank God for all of you because God has graced you. God has gifted you in so many different ways. But if we stop growing, if we aren't growing, it's not because of lack of gifts. It's because we're not using them. We're not discovering them. We're not serving one another. We're not, uh, we're not working together as a body of Christ as one. Church, could I encourage you um, to use your spiritual gifts? Use the gifts that God has given you through your experience, through your life. Uh, all these gifts that God has given you, will you use them 
for the service of the church and his kingdom. In a predominantly Asian church like ours, I think often people expect to be tapped on the shoulder. They sit quietly until somebody asks them, could I ask you? You don't need to be asked. Could you just raise your hand and say, I want to do something? Can I use the passion that I have for evangelism to go out and do some evangelism? Do it. Take a couple of other people with you. You know, we'll hear testimonies of how people have done this. Uh, to go out today, you know, go out to the park and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. You don't need some program. You don't need a date to do this. If you want to serve others by loving them, go visit people. Go, go hang out with people over coffee. The down and outs, let me know. People who, are, uh, uh, who can't go out, I'll let you know of the names of these people. You can go and start visiting them right now. You don't need some program. If God has given you that desire, it's the spiritual gift that God has given you. I was so encouraged uh, a few uh, months back, or maybe yeah, a couple months back, when a newcomer in our church He's been only coming for a few months, uh, but just before we moved, he started to come um, to Shaten Church. He emailed us when he heard that we were moving to Lam Kamo School. He emailed us and said, actually, I, am, I, I can program. That's his gift. Um, that's what he does uh, for a living. I can program. Could I offer a free programming class for Lam Kamo School students as an outreach so that we can gather people and bless them um, with this gift? We can do that. We don't need to wait for others. And I, 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 God has enriched us. We do not lack these gifts. Friends, church, will you use your gifts? Will you look for opportunities and use them? I can't wait to say yes to some of these ideas that you will bring um, to, to, uh, to me. And I want to encourage you to do that. I thank God for you because of the abundance of the spiritual gifts God has given you. Church, will you devote yourself to the church in using them? The church is called and graced by Jesus Christ, but it's also then sustained by Jesus too. Because just because we're called and graced, it doesn't mean that we don't have problems. The rest of the letter of 1 Corinthians show that they had many, many problems. Some of you are new to our church and are looking to join. Maybe you're checking out and see, should I join this church or not? And some of you, I know there are many young people here who will go to overseas, maybe move over to, some of you are thinking about moving to overseas, where you will look for a new church. Could I ask you not to look for a perfect church because there is no such a thing. And somebody said, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you will ruin it. I mean, point being is that we're all fallen. We're all sinful people. We bring our sinfulness to the church, and so there won't be any perfect church. But the thing that surprises me most about this text in 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 9, is verse 4. Take a look there. I always thank my God for you. How is he? I mean, once again, we will see how problematic this church was but how is he able to always give thanks to a church like this for a church like this the church that gave him such heartache such tears uh, if you read second corinthians you know and look at this he also says in verse 8 that they will be blameless on the day of our lord jesus it's not self-evident that they will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus because they were so sinful. They were doing so many terrible things. How is he sure that they will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus? If you notice, though, 
the opening of this letter isn't focused on the church. It's all about Jesus. It's Jesus who has called them. It's Jesus who has gifted them. And he says, it's Jesus who will sustain you, right, and make you blameless. Uh, they, Paul's confident that they will stand blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus for the same reason we can be confident today that we're standing in front of God blameless because of Jesus, because of our relationship with him, because the church, God has saved us in our sinful state and had, has this relationship with us. So as he begins this letter, I think Paul's reminding the church and maybe Paul's reminding himself that it's not his church. These are God's people. These are, and God is the one at work and God is the one who will keep them firm to the end. I think Shatin Church is a wonderful church in many ways, and I feel privileged to be a part of the, uh, the, the church here. But we are far from perfect. I worry about many things. I worry about some of our salvation of some members. I worry about the future, maybe politics or finances or whatever. The worries creep in. And, you know, we have done some terrible things. For the past 30 years, I can tell you uh, some of the messiness that happened within the church. People running away with money, Bible professor justifying having multiple wives, um, personality differences and egos getting in the way. And I want to first say, I'm sorry. If you are a person who's hurt by the church, I know how terrible that is, how disillusioned you can be um, when you are in that state. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. You have to go through that. But friends, don't come to church just for other people. At the heart of the church is Jesus. It's Jesus who makes us blameless. It's Jesus who has called us. It's Jesus who gifts us. And it's he who will sustain us. Come and continue to look to Jesus. And if you can do that, you can trust that God will work through the messiness of the church. If Jesus, if you look to Jesus, he will work through the messiness of, our sin, uh, messiness of the church, through our sinfulness. Because the church, if you look to the pastor, sometimes you'll be disillusioned and, 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 and disappointed. If you look to the people around you and if you hope in them, you'll also sometimes be disillusioned and hurt. But if you look to Jesus, we'll never be, we'll never be disillusioned. And it's he who sustains us. How does he know that they will stand blameless? Well, because, of, uh, because the, the, the church in Corinth is the church of God in Corinth. Well, Shatin Anglican Church is the church of God in Shatin. So could I encourage you, when the church gets messy, don't give up. Because messy church is the norm. When relationships in the church gets tough, don't just walk away. Keep loving and bearing uh, with one another. Commit. When things are, you don't see things going the right way, don't just walk away. Encourage, admonish. That's why you're here for, to exercise your spiritual gifts. And as you do that, look to God. And you can trust that because you can trust that Jesus will work, through the messiness, because it is his body 
uh, for whom he gave his blood. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. I thank you that I ultimately do not have to worry. (laughs) We thank you that we don't have to worry. We thank you that we can look to you, the one who has called us, the one who has showered us with your grace, the one who is sustaining us, the one who is making us blameless now and who will uh, will make us blameless um, on the day of our Lord Jesus. We thank you for our salvation in Jesus Christ. Uh, But we do pray that you will help us to live out that calling, to live as your holy people as we look to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.